like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary, and this week's co-host. Hello, and you have tuned in to Shift Happens. We are here today with a really super exciting guest and... Not only do we have a really exciting guest, we also have our brand new co-host who has been a guest twice before. So you've had a little taste of him, and his name is John Kennedy. Welcome, John Kennedy. Karin, thanks so much for having me with this show and being a co-host. I'm excited. This is my first one. This is a, this is a big deal in the Kennedy household. <laughs> it's super exciting. Yes, you are just perfect for us because you add in another piece of, you know, we are a whole, we are mind, emotions, spirits, uh, physical body and money. And you come in with on the money side with money mindset. And because uh, John is a uh, certified financial planner, which is a really nice addition to round us out here on Shift Happens. Well, I, I think it'll be fun for us. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about not just being the numbers oriented guy. I mean, when you think of a financial planner, you, you think of that person who's talking stocks and bonds and number crunching and all that stuff. And that's good. And we're going to dive into topics like that, you know, throughout my time on the show. But I also, I also enjoy the aspects of money psychology and money mindset and, you know, what, what our past experiences, the uniquenesses of our life, what they kind of you know, come together and shape our view of money. So it's fun to talk about. I like it. Absolutely. And it's such a foundational piece that so many of us, myself included, didn't get growing up. It was just kind of like, oh, everything is expensive and we don't talk about money and uh, we sort of just figure it out. And, and we know how, <laughs> how what we learn growing up is often what we continue on into our own lives. And, and sadly, I'd have to say that I have done that. Uh, somehow I'm still here, but... <laughs> but you know what, though? It's all that way for us. It wasn't yeah. until I was 18 or 19 years old, I took a personal finance class when I was in college. Mm. And that was my aha moment that I wanted to do this as a career. But up until that point, there was no courses in middle school or high school teaching you about budgeting and and what money is and all that stuff. You just, you kind of learn it on your own, which is, which is difficult. And, and if you don't enjoy it, you're going to naturally try to avoid those things. And if you naturally try to avoid those things, you're just perpetuating the cycle of, you know, not being good at it, never leaning yeah. into it, never learning about it. Oh my so gosh. We're going yes. to break all of those misconceptions and talk and teach money. 
God, I love it. And, you know, my thing is also with numbers. I learned to not like numbers uh, because of my whole math history. And it, because where I grew up, we had uh, the same math teacher all throughout. I had the same one from first grade through fifth grade. And uh, you know how some teachers, they just know how to teach you so you understand it. And my math teacher didn't. And so I was just stuck in this perpetual, I, I was one of those weird kids that actually love to learn right. and and I would ask him and I ask him and it's this uh, learned self-helplessness and then my mom and my mother's cousin who was actually a teacher at my school also were saying well well women aren't good at at math and especially women in our family which I always thought was baloney oh boy I know it's crazy and so finally in sixth grade through ninth grade I had a teacher that actually was able to teach me but then you know it's a little late then and yeah, but, we go. but that's so interesting, though, because we talk about, you know, understanding your money story. Well, from first through fifth grade, you're the same teacher who you didn't connect with, mm-hmm. who you didn't enjoy, uh, you know, learning from and didn't answer the questions the way you needed them to be answered to understand it. And then starting sixth grade, you're like, yeah, I just don't have a love for for math. And you might have, it's just because it wasn't a great experience. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> my whole life could have taken a whole different trajectory because, you know, once I was in college, I realized, wow, science is really cool and, you know, all this stuff. So these little things, it's like these little choices that happen in our lives that just yeah. take our life on a whole different trajectory. Well, <laughs> I feel like you landed in a great place because we're having this conversation right now and I'm excited about it, so... Exactly. And I'm also super excited about our guest today. So, John, why don't you introduce our amazing guest? I'm excited to. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rich Blooney, is a, he's a good friend of mine. He's also my next, next door neighbor. <laughs> we, we have a little uh, internet <laughs> issue. It was, it was kind of like an exciting pause. I'm his net. So, uh, we were not really sure what I am. I know. It's a cliffhanger. We have lots of cliffhangers on this show. (laughs) I am indeed his next door neighbor. And that is something that is kind of a unique situation that was just one of those serendipitous kind of amazing things that happened that uh, there's, which is a great story behind it. The lady that was selling the house next door to us um, had a higher offer for her house, but John and his wife wrote her this beautiful letter about how they wanted this house to start their family. And this woman who is the sweetest woman, elderly woman, came and knocked on our door and she said, I got two offers for my house and one was 10,000 more, but she showed us the letter. She goes, but I want these people to be your next door neighbor. So it was kind of like this amazing spiritual thing that happened. But wow. um, while, while John, if you want, Karen, while John gets back on, I can certainly introduce myself. So oh, guys, um, I'm back. Can oh, we, there he is. am I here? He's back. Yes. Sorry yeah. about the disruption. I don't know. I don't know what that, what that was. Uh-huh. But, I, already uh, told you, I already told a great story while you were trying to find your way <laughs> through the matrix back to us. Yeah. And I'll never forget the day that Rich came over and delivered us cookies while we were painting our house. That was our first introduction together. And there's been a lot of house painting. A lot of house painting going on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to give Rich the the formal introduction. Um, And so so Rich has been a a registered nurse for 27 years. He's also a best-selling author and a well-known speaker. 
But most recently, he's a trending TikToker. He's a TikTok star. So we're going to dive into that a little bit more later, but I think that's, that's going to be fun and exciting to talk about. Um, he's a, as a thought provoker, Rich's motivation is to help others live better, be better, get better, and do better, which, Karin, I don't know about you, but does that not jive perfectly with this show? It's like the show was written for him. <laughs> So today we're, we're going to chat about investing in yourself and, and how investing in yourself gets the best returns because ultimately we're, we're meant to grow and success only comes from and through growth. So Rich, thanks for being on the show with us, man. I'm happy to be on the show. And you know, it's funny when, when Karin was talking about you and you were talking about who you are, I was thinking to myself when Karin, when you were speaking about like, you know, how we perceive people that are financial planners you know, most of us think about the Wolf of Wall Street, but John is more like the Mr. Rogers of Wall Street. So, um, it's, wow, it's actually, uh, that's yeah, a. I just came up with that. I'm kind of like I'm so proud of myself. But, it's good. Um, it, I love it. It's actually true. I grew up. That's the know, nicest thing anyone's ever. Oh uh, well, thank you. I'm 52, so Mr. Rogers was like a surrogate dad for me. So I have this deep connection to him from the time of childhood. I, I was actually on a flight. And one of the, do the doc a documentary about him was on and literally I'm a grown man watching this and all of a sudden the flight attendant comes up to me with this concerned look on her face and I take out my earphones and I'm like, yeah, she's like, are you okay? And I had no idea that tears were rolling down my face. And it was, it was these tears of reminiscing about how my values and who I was and what, what helped me kind of learn to invest in myself came from someone that I never met. So it's amazing how, how that can happen. And how something, this, this ripple effect of, mm -hmm. of words and showing up and being, you know, mm -hmm. you never know who you're touching. You know, of course, you know, Mr. Rogers, he was on TV, but right. it, the same goes for every person walking the street. You just don't know what kind of effect that you, you're having on somebody else. And, or, nor do you know what they're going through at the moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about investing in yourself, um, it, it, it turns into this really beautiful, broad way of looking at things. And sometimes it's, it, it's understanding the value of kindness. Sometimes it's investing in yourself to the point that you make certain decisions about who you're going to be. A lot of people will spend time on or, or will memorize their gate code. They'll memorize their sign on for Facebook. They'll memorize. I don't know if anybody memorized phone numbers anymore. I, I certainly don't. But we'll spend a lot of time learning these things. But so few people will take the opportunity to decide their life plan. And, and by a life plan, I mean, you know, looking at who they are, who they're going to choose to be, how they're going to conduct themselves, to be very kind of um, uh, direct about that, to be deliberate about it. I was in a Starbucks, oh my gosh, well, before all the pandemic stuff, when we were allowed to be out in public before the zombie apocalypse. Doesn't <laughs> it feel like Stephen King and Michael Crichton wrote a book and we're living it? So, totally. Um, I, I was in a Starbucks and I had my coffee, which was gigantic, as you can probably tell in 30 seconds of hearing me, I drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> and I was about to put some stuff in it. And this woman was on her, her headpiece on her phone and she was very manic in her. And I was kind of looking at her and I'll be honest, my first thoughts were sort of judgy, like, oh my, like, calm down, you know? And she literally bumped into me. And when she bumped into me, the coffee spilled on my arm. And she turned around and when she looked at me, 
there was something in her eyes and she said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I made a choice in that moment. And I said, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. I'm fine. It's okay. And she said, thank you for being so kind. And so not meaning to eavesdrop, but she was right next to me. I hear her saying these words. If it's okay, can we please get an appointment for him today? He's starting to have nightmares again. I'm really worried about him. He's not been the same since he's come back from Afghanistan. Is there any way that he can have a session this afternoon? And it hit me. She's talking about a loved one. I assumed it was her son. And I'm thinking I was about, I could have said, Hey, what's wrong with you? And you spilled my coffee. But her behavior was because she was trying to maybe save her son's life, who sounded like he was having a behavioral health issue, maybe PTSD. And I thought to myself, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm a work in progress, and I'm certainly working a lot more than I probably have to sometimes. I need a lot of work. But one of my life philosophies were is I'm going to choose kindness in any situation that I can And that's a way that I invest in myself because by doing that, I'm finding that, and John, you'll like this word, my return on investment, my ROI. Ooh, fancy. (laughs) I know, it's fancy Mr. Rogers of Wall Street goes a lot higher. But I I think that's life philosophy. I think a lot of us have to decide our gotta do's versus our better don'ts. So I'll say that again, our gotta do's versus our better don'ts. And a lot of times, We don't do that. We just kind of roll with the day and we take the day how it's going to be. How many of us have sat down and taken the investment of time and said, I'm going to write down what my gotta do's are. And my gotta do's are, I'm going to choose kindness. My gotta do's are that I'm going to take an hour for myself every day, or I'm going to meditate, or I'm going to pray, or I'm going to light this particular incense in my house, or I'm going to, whatever it is, and then decide your better don'ts. I'm not going to like get mad if somebody cuts me off in traffic. I'm going to take a deep breath and move forward. I'm, I'm not going to say things to my children that were said to me when I was a kid, like, what's wrong with you? Or you don't know anything about math or you can't handle money. So I think sometimes that initial investment is literally making what I would call a life budget. John, you would agree in the finance world, we've talked about this you would agree that one of the most important basic things we need to do is to have a budget, right? Of course. Yeah. And so most of us don't have a philosophy budget. We don't know what's coming in and what's going out. We just wake up in the morning, we grab our 17th cup of coffee, we hope for the best and we plow forward. And I just kind of feel like the initial investment we got to make is a decision on how we're going to do that. How are we going to proceed in our life? What's our life philosophy, our gotta do's versus our better don'ts? I love that idea. In fact, I, I, Karin, I've talked with you about this before. I'm a little old school in that I like to write things down. I know everything's digital these days, but I, I carry a planner with me. And on a weekly basis, I actually try to write down, I, I, I'm going to rephrase it now. I've never used this term before, but I write down my three gotta do's. And they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, some of them are, are actionable things I need to do during my week, but more so when I do it on a weekly basis at the beginning of the week, it's to do just, you know, just what you said, focus on things like gratitude or, you know, try to, you know, if I'm, if I feel like I'm getting upset too easily about stuff, well, why am I doing that? And, you know, focusing on compassion and caring. And that's, that's really, that's really cool. Do you, would you suggest doing the same thing, Rich, kind of writing those down and keeping up? I think being as deliberate and, and about it as possible is important. I mean, if we don't know what our life philosophy is, if we don't know 
what our direction is. Somebody else is going to choose it for us. And I think most people go through life and they let a personality in the media that they, you know, I mean, we all, I don't know if you're on Facebook a lot, Karin, but I've taken like a major Facebook break because honestly, if I see one more political post, if I see one more judgy, you know, would I just literally get to the point where it's, it's so overwhelming. And I think so many people allow the environment or the media or, or others to mold who we're going to be in the course of a day. It's kind of like when you see a bunch of little kids playing on the playground, right? And <laughs> one little kid decides to start, you know, kicking holes in the grass. And another kid sees them doing it and goes, I'm going to kick holes in the grass. And then all of a sudden you have 27 kids on the playground kicking holes in the grass. And I always tell my kids, be the one kid that sees all the little kids kicking holes in the grass and instead going, ah, I think I'm going to play with the ball. And I think being, being deliberate about saying, you know, not only what are my to-dos for the day, what are my to-dos, what are my gotta-dos for my life? What are the things that I'm going to be intentional about on a regular basis that is going to determine who I am? Because if you don't do that, somebody else will do it for you and they probably don't care about your success as much as you do. Rich, I've, I've heard you say this quote before uh, through conversation and other places, but it's, I might butcher this, but you can't swim in an empty pool, yet so many of us are drained. Can you elaborate on that? Because I feel like it sort of ties in with what you're saying right now, that you can't swim in an empty pool, but so many of us are drained. Karin, doesn't that sound like a weird haiku that went wrong? At point? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think what I mean by that in the big picture of things is... You know, a lot of us have to understand that there's certain things that are limited. There's certain things that are unlimited. I think what's limited, and Karn, from your world, you you tell me from the psychology standpoint. I think we're limited on time and energy. I only have so much time on not only today, but I only have so much time on this earth. You know, my dad passed away when I was 22 and a half, and he was 59. I'm 52, and every once in a while, I'm going to be 53 in a month. So let's just round. I'm going to round down. Can I round down? Speaking sure. of math, are we do it. That? Uh, <laughs> I'm rounding down. I'm 52. And I just, sometimes it strikes me that if I died the same year my dad died, I have six to seven more years of life. And that, that stuns me a little bit. So we're limited on time, and we're limited on energy. I can drink all the coffee I want. I can have as many espressos as I want. But no matter what, at some point, I'm going to crash. What we're not limited on is creativity and spirit. And I think that creativity and spirit, while certainly you can have blocks to it, it's kind of like, you know, think about the great kingdoms of history. Many of the fortresses and the castles, um, many of the, 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 the symbols of those great kingdoms remain. However, the kingdoms are no longer. Um, but yet the castles are there. Sometimes there might be a block on the road to your castle or your fortress, your creativity, your spirit, but it's all about clearing that out. And so what I kind of mean by that quote is we've got to do those self-care things to be able to kind of fill our pool back up because mm -hmm. getting into an empty pool, unless you're a skateboarder, is not that much fun. I mean, you kind of stand in there in your bathing suit and you look around and, uh, and usually empty pools have a bunch of sludge and slimy things and like weird, you know, bizarre things swimming in the bottom of them and lots of germs. 
So it's realizing that what's limited is time and energy. What's unlimited is creativity and spirit. However, um, even creativity and spirit, sometimes there is a block to it. Sometimes that empty pool needs to be filled so that we can swim, so that our creativity, so we can float to the top of our creativity and spirit. And certainly there's a bunch of ways to get to that. And we can certainly, in the course of what we're talking about today, kind of get into some of the direct, like what are some of the things you can do with that? Yeah. And so what a great way to uh, have an image of what we do to either fill ourselves up or run on empty. So we are going to be right back after these couple of messages. You definitely don't want to miss out on uh, what more we have to talk with Rich Blooney here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. And we are back today on Shift Happens, where we are making Shift happen in your spiritual and emotional life because we are talking about really becoming conscious of your choices in your life. What are you, what are you focusing on? And what are you doing to fill yourself? Just before we finish the first segment, uh, Rich was talking about the empty pool. And uh, so if you didn't hear it, you might want to scroll back and listen to that because you don't want to miss that one. So we have Rich Blooney with us along with our brand new co-host, John Kennedy. So, so yeah, John, go ahead and take it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Rich, thanks again for coming back with us. So um, I feel like maybe I should have this log of Rich Blooney quotes. I'm going to start keeping a book, a ledger of it, and maybe you could turn it into a book someday. But um, there's another one that I've heard you say before that I kind of want to address, but it's what you consume is what nourishes you. And tying into the empty pool, I mean, can can you talk to that a little bit? Because I feel like from my standpoint, you know, certainly whether it's watching the news a lot, how easy would it be in this quarantine that we're in 
to be, especially in, in the month of March, a couple months ago, we were watching the news. Most of us were probably watching the news eight hours a day. And that would be really easy to be consumed by that and consumed by negative thoughts and, and things. So um, would, would love to hear your take on that. I think, you know, what we give our attention to, or let me put it this way, what you attend to is what will serve you. And, you know, when you think about um, saying, you know, what, what, what you consume is what nourishes you, what do we take in? You know, what, what are the things that we are consuming? You know, if, if you sat around and ate junk food all day long, that is going to be the level of nourishment that you have. I've heard a quote, and Karin, this might be a quote that's, you know, probably maybe more common in, in the psychology world or the behavioral health world. Um, is it garbage in, garbage out? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so th- I think there is some truth to that. You know, there's nothing wrong with having entertainment, with goofy things, with reality TV, with whatever, playing video games. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because we all need those like kind of entertainment mental breaks. But, but I also wonder if what we realize that where our focus goes is where our fortune emerges. And we oftentimes miss out, you know, instead of watching the real housewives of whatever city that we don't care about, you know, what if one day you decided, you know, I'm going to listen to Shift Happens. I'm going to listen to a series of podcasts because this is what I've been struggling with. Or I'm, I'm going to go and, and, and grab that Maya Angelou book that I've always wanted to read. Or I'm going to go and it could be as simple as going on Netflix and picking a documentary. I watched a documentary the other day that was on the surface probably not something I would normally watch. And just something about it caught my attention. And I found myself absolutely enamored with this documentary. It was from, it was, it's from a generation that's not my own. I'm Gen X. It was clearly like present day. It was about a young, a young, a young rapper. And I was transfixed and I learned so much from it. I learned about creativity. I learned about, it was breaking out of where I normally, normally feel my kind of regular kind of comfort zone. And I think a lot of times we spend so much time on things that don't nourish us. Um, and that could be conversations. That, that could be who we engage with. And, you know, that's another, that's another whole thing that I'm sure John's going to bring up as well as far as like who we surround ourselves with. But what, what are you reading? What are you, what are you listening to? Um, when you're in the gym as they open up um, or you go for your walks or you walk your dog, do you, do you fill your mind, do you fill your ears, do you fill your spirit with that, that, that which nourishes you or do you just have junk coming in and then wonder why at the end of the day your pool is empty and you are feeling kind of down. I don't, I mean, I watch the news, right? I actually go online and just to get updates on headlines and things, but I've kind of stopped with the news channels because it's all just opinion pieces and most of it, some of it I agree with or I choose to agree. This is the channel that I agree with and this is the channel that I don't. And I'm not getting news. I'm just basically getting opinions. And I realized I didn't feel good after listening to these these folks so it's being very uh deliberate about what you're consuming Mm. yeah i I feel like in my world it's funny because obviously you know cnbc is on a lot in the background we watch the market news and we want to stay updated 
but even for us in the month of February, you know, to March, it was, you know, every day was bad news. And so everybody was, it wasn't just us that was transfixed on it. Everybody was watching it. And it, I just think it would have been so easy to have been consumed negatively from that when you see the markets are down a thousand points again, you know, day after day. And ultimately, you know, if, if, I mean, I'll, I'll tie this back to investing for a moment. I mean, if you're thinking long-term, that really shouldn't be influencing your day-to-day philosophy and how you're living your life. And therefore, you really shouldn't be paying attention to those things that are, that are going to negatively consume you. And back to, back to what you said, even just spending, you know, the, the, you know, where you spend the majority of your time, who you spend your time with, who you communicate with. I made a conscious decision for my own life about three years ago um, and I, I, I heard, I've, I've heard this before, but I think it was a, maybe a Tim Ferriss show or podcast where he talked about how you're the average of the five people that you spend the majority of your time with. And so it really made me sit down and, and do an audit of how I'm spending my time, who I'm spending my time with and trying to insert, okay, well then who are the, who are the top, if I want to, if I want to level up and be the average of the five, I want to be the average of the best five that I can think of. And then Rich Blooney became my neighbor. And so yeah. here we are. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, you know, and, and you know, it's interesting. And Karin, I don't know if you know this and John, I learned this more recently. Um, the, the person that that quote about the five people um, that, it, that is truly that it's a, usually attributed to. And of course, people can Google and find whatever they want. But when you dig down and do the research, that's um, a gentleman named Jim Rohn, who was a, a, a pretty big thinker in, I don't know if he was more of the new thought generation, maybe a little bit afterwards, but certainly in the Zig Ziglar kind of world. And, and just some of the things that he said w- was amazing. And Tim Ferriss, who to a younger generation has, you know, basically taken that on. And I think that that concept is provocative. Karin said, and I agree with it to some degree, but when I I reflect back to what Karin said about when we were talking about Mr. Rogers. And so here's somebody that is not, was not in my life per se, like wasn't my neighbor, like John and I, I didn't hang out with him, but yet while he was still somebody in my circle of influence. And I think the problem with most of us, is that we don't bring people into our lives that bring us outside of where we are. And let me just kind of use a silly analogy. Let's say you are a, you have, you live in a cornfield. You stand in a cornfield. It is a robust cornfield. You have all the corn you could ever want. It's as far as the eye can see, corn, 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 corn. And then you surround yourself with other people who are in the middle of cornfields. Well, yeah, at some point you can squeeze out of that. Well, maybe I might learn how to grow my corn better or maybe somebody's corn is sweeter. But after a while, it just becomes more corn. Instead, the thought would be, maybe I need to meet somebody that lives in a strawberry patch. And maybe when I do that, I get a whole other vibe. I learn a whole other way of thinking. I I get a different level of sweetness in my life. What you add to, if you add something, if you add the same thing to something, it becomes that. So a rock to a rock becomes a rock. Fire to fire becomes fire. If you take a rock and you put it in flowing water, then after a while, and it might be a long while, that flow of water, and Karin, John, you tell me if I'm wrong, that flow of water starts to change the rock. That's why you can reach into a riverbed and pull up these beautiful smooth rocks. Those rocks were probably not smooth 
when they either fell out of the sky as meteorites or popped out of the ground or came out of a volcano. But that, that smoothing of the water is what started to mold or change. And I think when we surround ourselves with people who believe what we believe, who vote how we vote, who worship how we worship, who talk how we talk, when you do that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with com camaraderie and finding like-mindedness and enjoying that. But I think the challenge is, like John said, how do you level up? And sometimes if you do what you do, you get what you got. You know, it, 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 you need that change. You, you sometimes need that that different thing and and i find that like john said for me i get excited when i find somebody that doesn't think the way that i think i i'm a very creative kind of let's talk about this so when i get somebody that's very kind of logical linear i don't find them boring sometimes i find them fascinating as long as they've got some personality and they're fun but um i believe that 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 is that is one of the ways that we invest in ourselves is who are we investing our time with? Who are we, who are we hanging out with? Who are we talking to? Who are we listening to? You know, maybe put on the, the, the podcast that talks about things that maybe you don't agree with. You might be surprised at how that either changes your perspective or helps you to understand yourself better. And maybe you got a whole, like you said, a whole different, maybe they're able to explain things in a way that all of a sudden it's like, huh, you know, that thing that I always had this... Uh, big, um, you know, block against, and I, I was militant about not accepting that. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe, maybe they have some points and valid points. Well, yeah. yeah. And you know, you think about the whole title of your podcast shift happens. Well, things don't shift if a, they stay immobile B, if nothing comes along to push them or C, if a decision isn't made. I mean, sometimes it's about decisions. You I think people get so hung up on the decisions that they've made. Oh, I made this decision and now here's where I am. So I think it was also Jim Rohn that talked about the fact that you might not be able to change the decisions that you've made, but you can change what you're doing. You can change your direction. So I might have made a decision to go into this career or I might have made a decision to move into this house. And it may not be possible in the moment to change that decision, but I can change my direction. I might've made a decision to be in a relationship that doesn't fulfill me, serve me, or, or make me happy. And by the way, I did not make the decision. I'm in a beautiful relationship and I'm grateful for that. So just to be clear, but I might've made that decision. I can't unchange that decision. What I can do is change my direction. That direction might be going to couple counseling. That direction might be telling my significant other, this ain't working for me right now. We got to work on this. Or quite honestly, if my safety, my well-being, my mental, my physical health is in danger, it might be the decision to go elsewhere. So I, I think who we surround ourselves with, the, the, the direction versus decision that we make, I think are powerful ways to create that shift that you talk about on this show. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is because I'm, you know, the, the money and the math guy, I do try to quantify a lot of different things in my life. But I look back over the last three years since I, you know, made that conscious decision to level up, you know, and be you know, around positive people or to consume information that was making me better, whether that's a podcast or a, you know, a radio show or shift happens, right? 
And uh, I, I want to be able to quantify it, but I can't. The only thing I can look back over the last three years and say is I'm genuinely happy and certainly happier in the last three years, you know, you know, from the standpoint of career decisions I've made and growing our family and stuff like that, that's all great. But I think there's, it, it was a, it was a, a, cho- a mental decision and a tough choice. Cause it's, sometimes it's kind of easy to fall back in old habits no? but it, for me wanting to quantify it, I want to put it in some kind of Excel formula and I just can't <laughs> do it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's really how I feel, which is happiness. Well, I guess one way you could do that, uh, John, would be uh, at the end of the day, you say you have, uh, you know, three uh, goals every every week that you want to focus on. You could on a scale from one to five or one to 10. How did I do? You know, so there's a way you can quantify. Ooh, you, I have a new project for myself now. So I'll take what I write in my book, turn it into an Excel spreadsheet, and then be able to see a trend analysis. Uh, that is so awesome. Thank you for that idea. Well, hey, I, I know I'm, I'm going to shift gears for a minute, but I have to address this because I, I don't want the show to go by without it. Um, can we talk about the fact that you're a TikTok star right now? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Are you talking are to you, me, talk, Are you talking to me? <laughs> I, you know, so Karin, you might find this interesting. So TikTok has become something that was something that was a little uncomfortable for me. But as I found myself in kind of a situation work-wise where things had changed and I was feeling my creativity, my pool of creativity kind of draining, I went on mostly to entertain my 10-year-old son who thought it would be funny. And I went from zero followers and I didn't check to this morning, but I think I was around 175. 5,000 followers and had over 1.4 million likes. And I had a couple of my posts that have gone triple million and several hundred thousand. And, uh, you know, so I'm on TikTok and my name on TikTok is interesting. It's Memento, M-E-M-E-N-T-O, Vivere, V-I-V-E-R-E, the number four ever. So Memento, Vivere forever. And Memento Vivere is Latin for remember to live. I actually have some tattoos on my body and they're big. And one says Memento Mori, which means remember you will die. It's not a morbid thing. It's just reminding you about that whole time and energy piece. Your time on earth is limited. So keep in mind that you will die. It's from the Stoic philosophy. And then on the other side, I have Memento Vivere, which means remember to live. Live your life, enjoy your life, be fulfilled. So the TikTok piece, I put on their funny dances and I, I, I have some fun with it. I do these Generation X conversations and it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I put on some motivational kind of things. I've connected with amazing people. But for me, it was about being a little uncomfortable, doing something new. And now I'm finding that it's not only a creative outlet for me, it's creating some fulfillment in my life because of the conversations that I'm having with people the fact that it's entertaining to some people and the fact that some people have actually said it's kind of helped them. So hopefully, you know, some of your listeners decide to go on there. Don't judge my dancing skills. Some of it. Oh, they're great, Rich. Come uh, on. They're so fun. It's about being fun and it's about laugh. It's about laughter because I think laughter is so healthy. Karin, I don't know if I'm misquoting this and so you can correct me, but I remember when I did some behavioral health nursing, um, we had one of our uh, psychiatrists come in 
who had talked about a study about laughter with mental health. And mm. if I could be totally butchering the study, but it was something about smiling where like they would get people with depression to just smile for like a yeah. short period of time, just the physical act of smiling. And that there was some sort of positive outcome that came just out of that. Am I totally making that up? Or was that something that was that is correct? About? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, endorphins, dopamine, all of these things that happen when we laugh. And so for me, it was about my life philosophy is that I do want people to do better, have better, get better, be better. And I think one of the ways to do that is to just kind of make people laugh to make them think. So, yeah, I am on TikTok. It is a little embarrassing. <laughs> I am not I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of excited and proud that I've got that that many followers and the people that I engage with are amazing. Well, I definitely didn't bring it up to embarrass you, but I think it's, nah. they're, it's just so they're fun to watch and they're lighthearted. And, you know, there is some motivational stuff in there too. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's, in, yeah. it's enjoyment. So I think people would like it. Good. So we are going to have to break for our last set of messages. So um, check out that TikTok, and we'll be right uh. back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Insights Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. And we are back for, with Shift Happens. I am Karen Weary. We are talking about investing in yourself and really, truly becoming more conscious and making conscious choices about your life because you know in life you really make we're making micro choices all the time every minute of the day you're making another decision and another decision and another decision and they all uh had this compound effect so if you know i know sometimes if we're going to talk about food sometimes i slip a little bit and back into my uh love of sugar my little sugar addiction which i don't have anymore i've broken the addiction but sometimes there's a little emotional eating going on there and and that's okay as long as i stay on top of it 
You know, it's like, oh, I can have one little Twizzler and the one never is just one, right? I mean, you can't just eat one Twizzler. And next thing you know, the half bag is gone. And if it's a big bag, that's not a good thing. So, you know, that, that little micro decision led to another micro decision and another micro decision, which if I kept on that path would not be good. That would be 300 pounds later with diabetes and um, high blood pressure and all the other stuff that comes with it. So, <laughs> Karin, I got to tell you, I'm that way with potato chips, by the way. So I have a salt tooth, not a sweet tooth. Uh-huh. And the biggest mistake I can make is grabbing the whole bag and not putting it in a bowl. I got to, I got to portion control that. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. And I, I, I rationalize with food. I tell myself that chocolate is an antioxidant. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, my that, body well. well, it is dark chocolate, it especially. Is. So, Hey, yeah. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> but neither of you look like you have any problems with the, those, those little micro decisions. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, you know, and you think about, you know, success or failure usually doesn't come about because of one big choice we made. It's what you just said. It's I'm going to get up at six instead of at eight to get this done, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stop. I'm going to, change my work schedule at the office. So maybe I'm able to cut a deal with my director or my boss so I can leave at four instead of five so I can make it to the gym. So it's part of a commitment that I make, or I'm going to commit to turning off the TV at no matter what at eight o'clock and spend eight to nine with my kids before their bedtime because they're only going to be kids for so long. And I think you're so spot on Karin with that because a lot of people talk about overnight successes and that always makes me laugh, especially with artists. I mean, especially with, you know, just to make the, to do the obvious, like a, a movie star or, or a, a big singer. No, man, they, they didn't realize that this person had vocal lessons three days a week. This person had 27 failed auditions. This person was singing in bars or singing telegrams for years and years. And then yes, at some point, someone saw Lady Gaga and went, I'm signing you to a record deal. But she worked her butt off up to that point. And it was little micro decisions that somebody like a Lady Gaga or somebody like an Ariana Grande or somebody like, a, you know, a, a whoever that they made to get to where they, they go. And I think for you and I, those, like you said, those micro decisions might be like Twizzler, no, Apple, yes, or Johnny Potato Chip, no, you know, grapes, yes, or, you know, cheese, yes, or whatever it is. But yeah, amen to that because I, I, I think so many of us get so overwhelmed thinking we have to make these grand, I'm going to make this grand choice and it will be my salvation. No, man, it's setting your alarm clock 15 minutes early to meditate. That's your salvation. It's discipline in those micro decisions. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and persistence mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, so we have our new a co-host, John Kennedy, who is so awesome and he's so perfect for us and creating a whole new little piece of energy for us. And uh, John Kennedy's happens to have this awesome neighbor, Rich Blooney, that he invited on here. <laughs> and isn't yeah. it weird? I called Thanks. him Mr. I'm called him Mr. Rogers, and now like he could sing to me, "Won't you be my neighbor?" And I am. I'm still riding high on that. That feels so good that you said that. But, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's funny. We talk a lot about, um, and especially throughout this podcast, we've been talking about really investing in yourself. And for me, that's, that's such an important theme uh, throughout my life, but also just throughout the work that I do in my own career. A lot of people just associate the fact that 
I'm going to, you know, we're going to come up with ways to in, you know, invest in the market and, and experience growth there, or, you know, do some kind of cool money strategy. And all those things are great. Don't get me wrong. And those are things that we like to talk about, but at the end of the day, you are your greatest asset, right, Rich? Well, I think that's a choice too. You can either be, and I hope this is okay to say it's a little PG 13, but you can either be your greatest asset or your greatest pain in the asset. So you have to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so a little a little shtick for the kids. But I, I, I believe that we are oftentimes in our own way, and yet we can also oftentimes be our greatest cheerleader or supporter. I talked about in a TikTok, and this was interesting to me that the word sword and the word words have the same letters. Mm. Yet, how often do we make that decision that our words are going to either cut or protect? Because a sword can be used to defend or a sword can be used to cut down. Mm -hmm. And the words that we sometimes speak to ourselves, right, Karen? I mean, it's about self-talk. I'm stupid. I'm ugly. I'm useless. And the one person that always listens to you is you. So, I mean, think about the fact that we beat ourselves up with our words. We, we cut ourselves. And I said, don't, I, I said, don't fall on your sword. Mm-hmm. Instead, wield your words in such a way that you are an asset to yourself. And when you find yourself saying, I'm ugly, instead shift that into, you know what? I do have beautiful eyes or I'm stupid. Now, you know what? I got my bachelor's degree working two jobs and raising three kids by myself, or I'm useless. No, actually, I bring a lot of value to the world because at my job working at Starbucks or my job working at a grocery store or as an Uber driver or as a nurse or as a teacher or as a therapist or as a financial planner or as a lawn person, I'm able to bring a smile to someone or help someone or take something off someone's hands, or I just let someone get in front of me and target that looked a little rushed and a little frantic. So I I believe that words and how we speak to ourselves are one of the key ways to pay attention to being our own asset or a pain in the asset, to make sure that we are speaking to ourselves in a way that is loving. And I know that might sound foo-foo, whatever, but honestly, a lot of us were raised with being told unsupportive things. You know, you're an idiot. You're never going to be anything. You don't understand money. Um, You're bad with, with numbers, whatever it is. And we've allowed that to be our self-talk. And I think our self-talk is sometimes one of the ways that we fail to be an asset to ourselves. John will tell you, because he's told me, that the wisest people invest in themselves. They pay themselves first. Did I pick that up right, John? That's correct, right? Yep. Yep. That's absolutely correct. So if you pay yourself first, you end up over time compounding interest. Karin, you said that it's a little micro decisions that we make every day. That's like paying yourself every day to compound that interest so that you have more of a life, so that your life is more significant. And then certainly, you know, when we start to wrap up, I can give you some of the ways that I think we can be more of an asset to ourselves. But I think words are one of the ways. Yeah, well, we are actually getting ready to wrap up. It's hard to believe because this hour just flies by. (laughs) What are some of the things that you would like to wrap up the show with? I'll give three or four if that's okay. One, yeah. commit, commit to being uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. People hate being uncomfortable, but I will tell you that a muscle at rest that is never pushed or tried does not grow. And the way that we become uncomfortable is to do things, try things, read things, see things, meet people that are not our norm, to push our, to drive to work in a different way, to have a conversation with a neighbor that we've been avoiding eye contact with, to make a conscious choice to smile. That is how you, you never learned from your easiest classes or the books that didn't challenge your mind. The other thing I would say is to understand that in all of our lives we have storms and trees fall into the driveways and the roads of all of our lives. You have a choice. You either let the tree block you or you decide that what blocks you can bless you. You get out your ax, you you start chopping at the branches and if you're wise, you turn those branches into firewood and those branches warm you over time. And I think you get blisters and calluses from doing that, but those blisters and calluses on your hand from chopping through those obstacles, those become your stories and that becomes your wisdom. And that's how you grow and that's how you share with other people. Be, be mindful about what you consume, what you read, what you watch, what you talk about, what you eat, all of that stuff, what you consume and what you bring in, what you attend to is what will serve you. And I think last but not least, it's okay to have failed in your life. That failure, failure can either be a rock that sits on top of you and weighs you down, or failure can be boxes that you pile on top of each other and you climb to get to where you need to be. Be a student of your failures, quote unquote failures. Study what your, Karin, you would say this, study what your patterns have been. Why am I in the same types of relationships over and over again and they never seem to work? Hmm, is it them or is it me? Am I choosing the same person or what is it? So be a student of your failures and also last, your weaknesses can be your strengths. You know, too, too often we just depend on our strengths, but your strengths can fool you. You might be the best high school athlete in the world and have your whole life planned out, but then you tear your knee and your knee tendon is gone, your athletic career is over, and now the one thing that was your strength is no longer. Your weaknesses can be your strength. Being an introvert can be your strength. Being quiet can be your strength. Being whatever can be your strength. So those are the things that I would just download really quick for everybody to maybe think about. I love that, Rich. And I, there, so many of the things that you said all just interconnect and tie together so well, which is nice. I mean, the idea of getting, there were two that really hit me, you know, being com- getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I mean, how important is that for personal development and growth? And it kind of goes back to making those small micro decisions in your day-to-day life to, to progress and work in that direction. And also looking at failure as an opportunity to learn. I mean, I, that, that's such an important concept. I love how you frame that, that, you know, I, it, that you, you know, you can use those as building blocks. If shift, if, shift is, if shift is comfortable, then you didn't shift. You just budged a little. <laughs> yeah. And there's another piece that I, I learned from a, a current coach that I have right now. I love this piece here. This is like the, the other link that it's not about, you know, getting down, you know, falling down. It's how, how much can you shorten your recovery time? Right. Because if you can fall down and, oh, crap, you know, this didn't work and get, you know, have your moment, brush yourself off. Okay, back at it in five minutes instead of 10 years or three months or a week, 
you know, the more you can shave that down. Wow. Yeah, and those are uncomfortable things. And so it's yeah, that idea of being comfortable with that. That's, what, yeah. that's why, that's why athletes are using cryotherapy where they're freezing. They're getting into this like below zero freezing things. And the reason for doing that is exactly what you just said, Karin. It's because it, it, it decreases inflammation so that they can have a quicker recovery time and get back on the field or get back to training or get back to working out so that they can improve their win. Yeah. Well, not even yeah. athletes. I mean, I'm not an athlete and I've, and I've done that. So, and we yeah. can talk about that later. We, <laughs> we can all use it because it's also part of staying youthful and wonderful. See, that's why you look so good, John. You know, you got youthful glow and everything. So it's <laughs> good lighting. It's just good lighting in the video. That's all guys. But Karin, he's also youthful. So <laughs> oh, that helps. That helps. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this has just been, I knew when I got to talk with you for a little uh, quick moment yesterday, uh, Rich, that this was going to be an amazing uh, podcast you. and uh, you, this is going to serve so many people. So please do share with anybody and everybody that you know who could benefit from this, which is everyone that you know. Uh, so please do that because we want to help you uncover those beautiful, wonderful, sorry, um, those beautiful, wonderful, in, you know, gifts that you have because every single one of us has unique gifts. We are all like unique little snowflakes and the world needs you. So go out there, implement these things that Rich talked about, change these micro decisions that you make and shine your beautiful inner light. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.